Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to another episode of Musicals Taught Me Everything I Know, the podcast where we talk about musicals and everything that they teach us. This is a special, super quick, super short notice episode because we had trouble recording this week. So we have a special guest here, but before we get to the special guest, let's introduce ourselves. I'm Zancy Weber here with Julie Eisentrager. And our special guest today is returning Shane Anderson. How are you, Shane? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Good. Now, you have brought us a musical that is only a movie. Yes, an original movie musical. And, spoiler alert, I don't know how Julie feels about this movie, but I love it. I adore it. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad that we we're on the same page. And let's not ask Julie how she feels. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird how this movie polarizes some musical theatre people. I don't think so. I mean, I mean, before we get into it a lot, I think the performances are not musical performances; they're actory performances, and so. The music is a bit weird for musical theatre people. Uh, fair enough. Fair is that enough. right, Julie? Does that summarise how you feel? I mean, partly, yes. Okay. Well, before we get into that, let's do a getting to know you quiz. I liked it. With Shane. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you've done this before, so we're just going to see if your answers have changed. Nice. So what musical character would other people compare you to? Uh, Evan Hansen. Is the one I've gotten literally. I, I didn't bring it up last time, and then you were like, "I would have thought Evan Hansen." I'm like, "Okay, so that's one I got." <laughs> like, <laughs> spot on, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I too have lied about a friend's death and pretended I was their best friend. I believe it. And then trended on social media, and then had to do a whole thing. Uh, and, and I can hit, totally hit those high B flats like <laughs> eight days a week. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, or Frank Abagnale Jr. Okay. From, from Catch Me If You Can. Right. Because you're a liar. Con person. Yes, All con right. person. Sure. Uh, <laughs> so what musical character would you like other people to compare you to? Um, Jamie from Everybody's Talking About Jamie. Okay. Not, a little less flamboyant little than Jamie. Less, I am, I am. But no, what, like, I would like, because he has that kind of confidence in himself or he gets right. it over the course of the musical that I would have, I would like to have and I, c- I never quite manage. <laughs> okay, so you would like to be that person rather than you think you are that person other yes. people should see it. Okay, right. yeah, that's fair. Bless your cotton socks. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so what's your dream role? Uh, Elphaba from Wicked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm totally going to play that one day. Um, Clyde from Bonnie and Clyde is one I would be I would love to if I could hit again those B flats that every musical theatre composer gives male roles. I mean, not all of them. There are 
baritones that are older. <laughs> I mean, just <laughs> whack on it. It's all I'm saying. Um, the other one would be uh, from the new gender flipped company production. Mm. Oh, yeah. Jamie. Yeah. Oh, cool. So I get to sing Not Getting Married Today. Yeah. I, I love that song. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Okay. Uh, so what's your favorite Sondheim? Is that a preview of it and has it changed? <laughs> well, it was. Into the Woods when I answered last and I would like to say that but at the moment I'm just in a company mood mm-hmm. because I, I got a hold of the since then I got a hold of the company reboot and I've just been listening to all the music and I just love it's a little more abstract which I kind of like at the yeah. moment that's just the mood I'm in <laughs> these days I see how it is that's yeah, fine yeah absolutely what's your go-to shower song um it's changed from what it used to be. Uh, it used to be a song from this movie, but um, Rather Be Me, I'd Rather Be Me from Mean Girls, the musical. Right. The okay. only good song from that whole show. Uh, <laughs> eh. Or, or, <laughs> Careful. <laughs> or Just Keep Moving the Line okay. from Bombshell, the fake musical from the TV show Smash. I know. I really want that musical though. I, I, why did they make the show? Why didn't they just do that musical? So you're really drawn... Female songs, one hundred percent. Yes, okay. I think it's really. I think men get, either get bland songs or impossibly high songs, and women get all the great songs. or offensive songs. Yes, true. Yeah. As a person who enjoys singing male songs, because I do have the range, I disagree. But apparently, your go-to karaoke song was uh, the one from Cabaret. Um, someone. You, you went there and you sang it and it was like maybe this amazing, time I think so and it was like supposed to be like this most amazing performance and I'm I'm really sad I missed it <laughs> I'm not sure what performance you're talking about I think you about, might have dreamt sure. that <laughs> uh, yeah sure I do but I also sing Hurt So Good by John Cougar Mellencamp like karaoke's karaoke right right <laughs> okay so you get a chance to delete a musical from existence uh, well, in keeping with the theme of um, an original movie musical, I'm going to delete The Greatest Showman. Yeah, love enough. it. Yeah, I, I don't think you're going to get a <laughs> lot of... All about it. I'm, I'm surprised because most musical theatre people like adored it. No, like most tacky musical theatre people do. <laughs> oh, burn, I mean, everyone. The, s- the story's not great. I wish there were more songs in La La Land I wish there were less songs in The Greatest Showman Yeah, <laughs> There's like a song every two minutes I swear to God It's like a 20-something song track That's no yeah. Alright, but it's gone now So we don't have yeah. to worry oh, about that It's the best day ever <laughs> Alright, so let us take a quick break And we will be back talking about La La Land Okay, Shane, what I think what, what we'll start with is a two minute elevator pitch of the plot of the movie La La Land. Okay. La La Land tells the story of Mia and Sebastian, two Los Angeles residents. One is an aspiring actress, the other a curmudgeonly jazz pianist. They meet, uh, they have a bit of a meet cute, but it doesn't go quite as planned. They don't like each other in the beginning, but they keep running into each other over the course of a couple of months and eventually they form a relationship and then as one person's career takes off and the other doesn't it causes conflicts and and relationship boils over and in in, in this incredible story about dreaming in in the city of lost angels i guess and being an artist and versing the real world when reality kind of comes crashing into it and everything all right wait what that's the plot <laughs> it's very simple is it I mean, yeah, it, it's it a two. It's almost is. a two-hander, which is kind of surprising. <laughs> I watched it for the first time in the cinema. I was like, "What did I just watch?" <laughs> I'm so lost. 
Is there metaphors? Because we know I don't get them. The music is a metaphor. Oh, man. Like, all the non-eidetic music is a metaphor for the, for the, the ways that we persuade ourselves to continue living our lives. It's funny because I never get it. <laughs> so, I mean, it opens up with a huge... Dance number. number. Oh yeah, that called was another good. day of sun. Another I day of sun, that. which is a super fun song on a on a, a freeway, and everyone just gets out of their cars during a traffic jam and has this big giant musical number, and, and then skateboards and scooters it's and such gymnasts a and, and, and hula hoops. Yeah. And it really starts out strong and then goes the exact opposite direction for the most of the rest of the That's the interesting movie. part yeah. of the structure is the first third is like an old school Hollywood musical. That's where you get mm. that number. That's where you get the tap dance Fred and Ginger number. And then the middle part of it is like um, uh, uh, one of those French musicals where it's sort of abstract and then the end of it's sort of like a normal movie again. It sort yeah. of has this triptych of, of structure. It's what I like to call... Um Annoying. (laughs) (laughs) You're Uh, wrong. (laughs) I I mean, yeah, I mean, I think this movie was very polarising in the musical theatre community because uh, Emma Stone and... and, um, Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling are not singers. No. And And, so when they sing... And they're not dancers either. What a great segue into Bad Reviews by Julie. (laughs) I I will say, before we get into Bad Reviews, uh, Ryan Gosling did play his own piano. Yes, oh, he learned he learned how to play it. <laughs> but not. the film community loved it. it. It got nominated for fourteen Oscars, a record. and almost won Best Picture. Almost won Best Picture. <laughs> almost a tying all about Eve and Titanic for the most nominations. It won seven, including Best oh. Director. Look at you go! Yes, made half a nearly half a billion dollars at the global box office off a twenty to thirty million dollar budget. But I'm sure that there are lots of bad reviews. This one is just like spot on exactly what you've said. Um, this is from the Sydney Morning Herald, written by Lee Tran Lam. Um, it was first published January 5th, 2017. And the title is La La Land is a terrible film, but will win Best Picture at the Oscars anyway. So he was wrong on both <laughs> counts. He was wrong <laughs> on that count. Uh, for a musical obsessed for a musical obsessed with classics, really it's the Pokemon Go of movie references. <sighs> Launched on Boxing Day, La La Land came prepackaged with hype and acclaim for its inventive take on musicals, which is exactly its problem. Its song and dance style movie that's so innovative, it features leads who can't really sing or dance. The film star Ryan Gosling as Sebastian, an aspiring jazz musician, and Emma Stone as Mia, an aspiring actor who is struggling to achieve their dreams in Los Angeles. But as a friend pointed out, the film is as flat as Ryan Gosling's feet. <laughs> Ouch. I know for someone who also has flat feet, that is such a good burn. <laughs> While Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone are so charming they could make a tax instruction video watchable, La La Land would have been better cast with actors who could properly sing like Anna Kendrick or dance like Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Or better still, a triple threat such as Justin Timberlake. <laughs> No, ew. Apparently no. I had the red down to Gross. the end of that <laughs> No, he does, not, he does not get any more movies until he apologises to Janet Jackson. Thank you very also, much. Also, that is a really weird dream cast, Sydney Morning Herald. Well, the original uh, cast used yeah, to be... it was originally Lee Tran Lam. 
It was originally Emma Watson and, oh. and Miles Teller. And Emma Watson turned oh. Emma Watson turned this movie down to do Beauty and the Beast. Wow, she should have turned them both down. Why is she getting... Oh, I've got so many questions. Uh, perks of being a wallflower, thank you very much. She can be... Good. Brilliant. She can't <laughs> sing, though, so that's fine. Neither could the entire cast of Beauty and the Beast. I know. <laughs> All right, well, let's get back to this movie. Uh, <laughs> so, of, of course... It, uh, it has been polarising And I would say My justification for it Is the reason I don't mind That they can't sing And they Well they can't Inverted commas Musical theatre sing mm. And they can't Inverted commas Musical theatre dance Is the fact that These two characters Are all about The romanticization Of those things Not about the ability To do them If they were If one of them Was a singer You would expect them To be able to sing But one of them Is an actor One of them Is a piano player Right and, and it, the movie is about the dreams versus the reality as you yeah. in the ending of it's quite iconic for doing that for showing us this dream fantasy ending and then giving us the real one where spoiler alert they yeah. do not get together mm, the good ending it is what a, I call it's the a good, good ending. ending. It's, it's, it's a, a great ending. ending. Yeah. It's a really great ending. I'm on board for those kind of musical theatre endings. <laughs> because, and, and again, I think the whole... Well, we'll get into this in the lessons learned, but the whole, um, the whole point of this film is that a good relationship, a successful relationship, isn't necessarily the person that you end up with. Mm. Both of these people drove each other to the success that they found at the yeah. end and they didn't end up together. Um, and I think that, that again, through the music, the, the non-eidetic music, the music where they're in their um, dream worlds, mm-hmm. it's about the music convincing them to keep trying and how they keep... And that's when, when she gives up, there's no music. Look, I can't be mad sings. about it. I can't hate it. I actually can't hate it because it's Pasek and Paul and I don't want to hate it. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's the thing. I really love this movie. I think it is... Well, Pasek and Paul um, did the lyrics, but the music was all done by Justin Hurwitz. So we yeah. can blame Justin then. Justin is amazing. I'm and joking. Very- it's actually really good music too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and I you will say, an Oscar. There, is, there is a really big difference in this film, in the music when that's in the real world and the music that is... In their heads, yep. um, yeah. Particularly in the band that uh, Sebastian starts touring with, like yeah, that's a very big pop, difference. Yeah, very high pop kind of number. The one with John Legend playing yeah, and everything. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, I like that one. Start a fire. <laughs> uh, so, so you saw this in cinemas, Julie? I sure did. I saw it eight times in cinemas. Okay, it's <laughs> not actually a competition. <laughs> <laughs> I'm obsessed. It's the movie I've seen the most in cinemas. I just kept going back to it. I just, it's beautiful. I only saw it three times. <laughs> <laughs> because honestly, I saw it once. What's wrong with you people? <laughs> I saw it once. I, I just went in. I was just like, I'm just going in to see a movie. It was playing. I saw it. I loved it. I told everyone else to go see it. And then when they were like, oh, I don't know if I want to see it. It's getting mixed reviews. I went back twice with other people <laughs> right. to see it. Oh, nice. Um, but yeah, so I, I really enjoyed it straight off the bat. Um, and obviously you did as well. Um, is there anything else we want to mention before we jump straight into the lessons that we've learned? It was originally going to be a low budget, like $1 million film that he was going to make like on his own, like an independent kind of a thing. And mm. that was his back pocket. But then Whiplash which is his other movie that got nominated for a dozen Oscars or whatever it was. and um, We probably won't 
cover Whiplash because I wouldn't class it as a musical. No. Even no. though it's a lot about But it's music. a music movie and, yeah. and that got him sort of all this acclaim and then he was able to leapfrog off of that clout that he got from there to then give La La Land a big budget and that's why because yeah. he was originally Emma Watson and Miles Teller and then he was like, oh no, I have Emma Stone money now. <laughs> <laughs> Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling money now and so then they cast them and and then it became this sort of much bigger thing. I couldn't imagine Miles Teller no, no, playing no, no. Sebastian. It's all gross. Like, let's just not talk about that other cast. Yeah. Because it's gross. It's really weird. It's, that's a weird cast. Because he neither dances nor sings, like, even more than Ryan Gosling. Yeah, yeah. But also, I think Seba- Ryan Gosling playing Sebastian as this older, or slightly older grouch yeah. is such a perfect counterpoint to Emma Stone's like hopeful young ingenue, ingenue. Yeah, yeah yeah with the wide eyes like the really really wide yeah. eyes if they if they were both young and hopeful I think the movie wouldn't have as much texture or as if it he does. was young and curmudgeonly we wouldn't buy it because no, you're like yeah. you're jaded and you're like 20 to then me. it would be rent yeah I yeah. get it yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else uh, no that's most of my notes All right, well, we've done bad reviews. Let's go into lessons we've learned. Right, what lessons have we learnt, Shane? Uh, Talent (laughs) scouts definitely attend DIY little theatre productions that people put on for themselves. (laughs) Sometimes they do. <laughs> Maybe in LA it probably happens yeah. a little bit more, but <laughs> and, and and it it could just be the right person, the right time. Like all all the way through the movie, it's it's kind of like you have to do these things to network, etc., etc., etc. Going back and watching it again, like there are exactly three people in that cinema that I don't know who they are. Yeah. <laughs> so you're yeah. like, which one is it? Yeah. <laughs> but um. But also, was it, it was a one night only, uh, one night only performance. So you know, um, yeah, someone saw it. <laughs> I think also it's one of those the lesson learned it, to Hollywood, at least I guess, was the musical isn't the movie musical isn't dead, and it seems like mm. every like decade another movie has to come along to prove it. Like Chicago did it in the early two thousands, and then La La Land did it in the mid twenty tens, and just get and you know because no, I La think La we're La I think we're underselling the the musical masterpiece that is burlesque. Can you <laughs> shut your face? Underrated. Can All, you? It's a mess, but it's kind of fun. You also, I think it's, it's a direct inspiration from Chicago. Shut your mouth. <laughs> That's what you need to do. Um, uh, but this one success then let uh, the Greatest Showman get greenlit. Yeah. I and mean, The Greatest Showman, as much as we don't like it, it did make something like $700 million at the global uh, box office. And it was a very popular and got a lot more people into musicals. No. Yep. No. <laughs> I mean, it didn't get you into musicals. In fact, it probably drove you further away from musicals. I think it did. <laughs> did you learn any lessons from this, Julie? Nah, mate. Not one. Not one. I barely understood the plot, okay? <laughs> <laughs> LA shows have dangerous stunts and snow indoors. All right. Cool. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, the opening number really kind of inspired me as a director because, like, it's something that I would never have thought of to have choreography around cars, cars, yeah. or around these kind of giant blocks in choreography. I think you are very much underselling yourself as a creative. A hundred percent, you would have thought of that. They have. Um, I th- would have tried to get away from 
the impediments. Um, you would again, use them. And, and again, and they use the doors and yeah. the windows and all. And that. again, on stage, uh, you have less freedom of observation as the camera work in that yeah. opening thing. Yeah, it, it goes well. in and around yeah. everything. There's like, some fun videos on YouTube of them rehearsing it. They they parked a bunch of cars in a parking lot mm. and then rehearsed it around that. Cute. It's really kind of cool. <laughs> um, so I, I guess I don't know whether that was a lesson or just like an inspiration that I took from it. Mm. Um, and also the the power of an opening number because like yeah. I have no idea what this movie is about but I'm in yeah it is, sets is the how yeah. I felt yeah. initially that wasn't the opening number there was like a whole bunch of dialogue sort of mm. stuff and then it goes into the opening number um, one of the things I learned visually is that full body top down lo- shots and long takes yeah uh, in movies is so much more compelling than this sort of current attitude this glee esque. 500 different camera angles you know a thousand edits a minute yeah, approach because yeah. that doesn't give it energy this the, uh, con you know uh, conversely like longer takes give it more energy yeah i mean the, ca- the camera has to dance with the dancers yes, yeah. as opposed to the edit dancing with the dancers yeah uh also i, I think ryan gosling uh you have to say sorry otherwise you're just a dick um, because along a lot of the way through the movie, he doesn't apologize for the way that he treated yeah, he's Emma a Stone. And then when he does, you're like, okay, thank you. And I didn't realize that I was holding that grudge against him <laughs> until he said it. I was yep. like, okay, all right, I can let it go now. Um, because yeah, the, the way that he just kind of like literally shoulder, shoulder charges her out of that restaurant in the beginning. is was like, wow, that's totally uncalled yeah. for in any circumstance. <laughs> um, J.K. Simmons is a, is a treasure, and I think, uh, I, yeah. I, I think this is the 100%. first movie that I really felt him as a treasure. Like he's always been a great actor, but I'm like, oh, you're just great. Yeah, I just love you yeah, in yeah, this yeah. movie, and it's such a tiny little part, yeah. and it's the opposite of like um, he's like he hates music and hates jazz, yeah, and like because his previous character that he won the Oscar for is like the jazz obsessed teacher. I feel like- Juno is where I really connected with J.K. Simmons. <laughs> really? Yeah. J. Jonah Jameson in Spider-Man for me. I mean, I liked him as J. Jonah Jameson. Um, and I loved him in Whiplash, but he's not a treasure in Whiplash. No, he's just no. a great performer in Whiplash. Yeah. Um, and I, Okay, yeah. And the, big, the big one for me is the... Uh, is the relationship one. Is that, like, you can be together and inspire each other and push each other towards good without being a relationship, meant for each other. A relationship oh, yeah. that ends is not a relationship that has failed. failed. Yeah. It has just concluded. Um, and and I, and I guess that, that has, even in a non-romantic sense, uh, kind of in, also inspired me to kind of help or find how I can push other people to their creative goals in my own life mm. like that that's kind of my goal now um i don't think that came from this movie but it definitely this movie illustrated it a lot i mean this movie inspired a lot of my visual language and so i've started to segue into longer takes and things like that and i really want to do like a gay version of la la land like wait la la land isn't gay i mean surprisingly <laughs> straight for a movie set in la yeah it's uh yeah no, it's not. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, I would like joking. I would like her housemates there, there to be a lesbian <gasps> relationship in there. A lesbian yes. trouble. Yeah, like oh, a, no, like a just, polyamorous. Just, even, just even a pair. Just like a pair of them. Uh, okay. Well, do we have any other lessons, or shall we move on to our dreamcast? Dreamcast, I reckon.
So, Emma Watson, Miles Teller? <laughs> You're disgusting. Can we please stop? Yeah, uh, okay. Who I don't have... Well, I, I have some ideas off. in my in my gay version of oh, this. Okay. So you do mm-hmm. like what they did with company. You'd start flipping the genders yeah, around. I and love it. Uh, Billy Porter <gasps> and I mean, Conrad Ricamora. Both of them strong. can sing. Yeah. Um, and Billy Porter would play the Sebastian role. Okay. And Conrad Ricamora would be the Miller because Con- Billy Porter has kind of the energy to be a little bit more of a uh, into it. And then Conrad Ricamora, uh, he's if anyone who doesn't know, he's um, Oliver from How to Get Away with Murder, and he's got an uh, incredible singing voice. Okay. Oh. Like a yeah. nice, like smooth baritone. Yeah. Billy Porter would make a fantastic Sebastian, and he can character. dance like a, yeah. he like dance like nobody's business. Um, I would. I would watch that. Uh, I do think that the Dreamcast from the Sydney Morning Herald of Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, it's not entirely wrong. Isn't <laughs> he terrible? Could do it. He could do it. He yeah. could absolutely do it. Um, and I think that if Florence this, Pugh would yeah. be great in the Mia role because she can sing. There's some videos of her online. And I, I think if this ever made a transfer to stage, isn't it? I, I remember reading that they're going to do it. It could. There's it, no way it doesn't happen. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I think it was happening. I don't. I have, but I haven't heard anything. For I think a it will of years. lose a lot if it does. I think so too. I yeah, think, uh, I yeah. think it's meant for film. It's, it's a film yeah. musical. As opposed I don't think to it translates very well on stage. Yeah. Uh, so I, I definitely think Jake Gyllenhaal would probably be a shoe in for Sebastian yeah. on stage. I mean, yeah. as long as it's getting done soon. <laughs> <laughs> What? Why? I mean, he's getting on. He is I getting mean, on. Sebastian's not meant to be young, but, but he's, he's not, not de- meant to be like fifty-five. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, Gyllenhaal's not fifty-five. He's, he's like, like mid-thirties. Isn't he forty-something? He, I think he's in his forties. <laughs> okay, like, let's let's you, Google this. Um, I would like to see maybe like a slightly younger, um, a slightly younger Mia. Not not super super young. Well, that's why I said Florence Pugh. Yeah. So she's. Do you know her from the Little Women movie and Midsummer? Yes. 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 She's. Yeah. She plays Amy. In Jake yes. Gyllenhaal turns forty in December this yeah, year. Yeah. So okay, like he's so over he's the hill. Like, he's past. You got to make it now. You got to make it like now. Um. <laughs> oh, because Anna Kendrick would be a really good no choice one, for me. I reckon. No one has ever played a th- a, a thirty year old. On stage as a fifty-year-old. No, true, true. Um, I think maybe like um, Anna Kendrick, like you said before, would be uh, she'd be yeah, good. She'd be good yeah. as Mia. I don't like her t- her her um, twang twang resonance. No, right. not for this. I think you need a bit more. Um, I don't know. I think with that kind of twang comes less of a sense of innocence. Weirdly enough, that's a weird <laughs> sentence. Uh, you twang, you a whore. No, wow. joking. Actually joking. <laughs> Please Ouch. don't come at me. I'm joking. I was thinking maybe like um, Laura Dreyfus. Okay. For me, yeah. she's in Dear Evan Hansen. Oh, right, she's right, right. one of the originals always. Um, in fact, she's pretty much the original Zoe. Um, and then also maybe for like an Australian kind of cast situation for Mia, maybe a Maggie McKenna. Um, you, want, you want one Australian uh, sweetheart, Lisa McCune? I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, you deserve that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I actually don't, I don't mind Dreyfus as a, as a Mia. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's a little bit younger than, well, she's a lot younger than Emma Stone. Yeah. But not a bad Young, I guess. Yeah. Not. A, I mean, gross if you pair her with Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I, I, I don't have a lot to say about Dreamcast because, again, I 
really like the movie, so I don't want to wreck it yeah. by adding people that aren't the people in it. Yeah, We don't need any unnecessary people here. We don't need any unnecessary people. So let's uh, take a break. We'll come back with top five lists. So I'm going to start off by saying that this is on my top five movie musicals of all time. 100% yes. I mean, Singing in the Rain is the number one on that list. It's on the list. <laughs> this might be number you one. You really like MGM films, I hey? love MGM films. You're adorable. I marathon like 20 of them a couple of weeks ago. No, I like know. a couple of months I'm ago. I'm aware. Follow your socials. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say it's top five, Pasig and Paul. <laughs> Fair, that would yeah, yeah. beats yeah. Greatest Showman by a very large margin. Greatest Showman's not even on that list. <laughs> no, no. Top five romance films where they don't get together. Mm-hmm. Up there with Casablanca, mm-hmm. uh, My Best Friend's Wedding, films. My Best Friend's Wedding. Oh, I love that. That's such a good. I movie. love that. Yeah. That would make too. a good musical movie music. Like Surely musical. it is already, and it's it just flops. Well, they just did Muriel's Wedding, so they're going to move on. Like there was <laughs> Beaches, and that was not Beaches a good. Beaches is a musical. Yeah, and it's rubbish. Yeah, I'll send you it. It is. It hurts oh, your soul. No, I know. We'll get to it yeah. eventually after we. Get no, to it. I can't. I can't mm. do it. You can top, just be away that week. Yeah. Top like five Hamilton. musicals where the cast actually play their instruments. It's not faked. Oh, fair. I mean, you put that with that. You play. I can't. Yeah, I can't give you that though because there's so many other shows where the cast like play the like once. Like there's a there's billions movie musicals. I mean, once once (laughs) no, you are correct. Once they play, this is a movie musical. He's allowed to say. I know, but like okay, maybe movie musicals, but surely there's many more because in movies they usually cut into the hands as a close up, so you get some professional piano player to do that, and then you get them to mime and you use the the piano to cover, and it's gross. It's dumb. Yeah. Okay, you can have it. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Top five musicals where the ensemble does all the heavy lifting with the dancing. Or yeah. do you say uh, do you say movie musicals? Wouldn't just musical? Nah. No, I think no there, there's a hell. lot of musicals where the ensemble I mean, is. The I have only been dance in ensembles where I'm like, why am I dancing? I remember so much? seeing I remember seeing Newsies and like um, uh, Jeremy Jordan like comes in, sings sings his song, and then walks off, and then everyone's doing flips, and he yes. kind of never Newsies, does any of that. West Side Story, look at America. Anything goes. Like, Any big dance, but yeah, but it's not the main characters that are doing the big no. dances. It's the people that aren't singing. Anita doesn't do a lot of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a lot of America. Um, same with anything goes. Usually, Reno comes out because there'd be That's no a way. Tap number. Yeah, there'd be no way Reno could do the entire tap number and still sing, apart yeah. from maybe Miranda Selwood. Go Miranda Selwood. <laughs> <laughs> you rocked. Even with your pants falling off, you rocked. Um, I'm gonna put this on both my. Top five Ryan Gosling performances and top five Emma Stone performances. Yep. Um, it probably won't make top five uh, J.K. Simmons, but <laughs> it's close. Juno and then... Um. <laughs> <laughs> top five movies with primary colours, filled with primary colours in there. Movies? The color sure. <laughs> if you want to give it to movies, go ahead. <laughs> um, I, I will definitely say that this is probably top five musicals that are a love letter to L.A. Yeah. Um, top five L.A. movies just in general, I reckon. L.A. movies, maybe. 
Um, like, are there I, many LA musical stage City of musicals? <laughs> yeah, City of Angels. I'm um, sorry, Sunset Boulevard musical. Oh. oh, Sunset Boulevard is yeah, but yeah. Sunset Boulevard is not a love letter. Sunset but Boulevard, the, and that's is what a I'm saying. Letter. That's why I'm saying like this is definitely it doesn't have anything bad to say no. about LA. Um, whereas a lot of musicals at least put give the other side of the put a bit of stank coin. on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, anything? Any other? Any other top fives? Top five musicals with less than five, less than six musical numbers. There's only five in a reprise. Yeah, the whole thing. I guess yeah, if you count which is interesting. singing, there's a lot of <laughs> instrumental. Singing. stuff. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of instrumental. Yeah. Stuff, but as far as musical numbers, you have um, City of Stars is sung and then it's reprised, mm. and then it's Another Day of Sun, Lovely Night, and Fools Who Dream. Yeah, and then the you know the two reprises. So it's like five oh, musical numbers in the. I'm going to listen to this on the walk back to work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I should have listened to it on the walk here. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't. It's more than ten minutes. But uh, okay, <laughs> well let's let's take another quick break, and we'll uh, actually no, we, we won't don't take have a break. To. We'll just go. We um, is there anything you want to plug, Jane? Uh, yes, I have my podcast on the network, The Mighty Motion Picture Rangers. We uh. talk all movies all the time, and we started a new season that's just starting out, and a new format where we take three movies with a unifying theme, and we look at them and review them together it's a bit shorter and snappier than our previous hour plus format <laughs> it's now like a nice neat 20 to 30 minutes uh, and it's very nice it's, and very that's, fun a, that's and a commute yes and we're looking at the, there's some obscure films in there and some well-known films in there and so it's it's quite interesting so that's available at you know you can find us on facebook at the mighty motion picture rangers or on twitter and instagram at picture rangers and you can follow me on twitter i, I try and tweet witty things at shane m underscore anderson so yeah Excellent. And if you want to find out more about us, we're on Facebook, Twitter, or on Instagram. You can find us on our website at that'snotcanon.com forward slash MTMEIK. You can become one of the best people in the entire world and get some extra bonus content at our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash musicals taught me everything I know. Or you can send us an email <laughs> at musicals taught me podcast at gmail.com. And please give us a rating, uh, rating and, a and a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Love us, hate us, either way. On Stitcher, as as long as it's like above three stars. I've had this conversation a lot. I don't understand why people would rate something one or two stars unless they actively hate it. And I don't know why you would actively hate us. I mean, yeah, but also people either have an intense love or an intense hatred if they're going to go rate something, so. That's true. Anyway, so do that and uh, just listen to us on Spotify. Tell your friends, tell the cast of the shows that you're currently in that we exist. (laughs) Uh, and let us know if there's any shows that we haven't done that you would like us to do. Uh, we have had an e- a few emails recently, so we have Ooh. put Frozen on the uh, list uh, because someone's like, why haven't you done Frozen yet? Why? I mean, it is a stage musical now. No why one has suggested it. haven't we done it? Yeah, why haven't we done it? So we're going to do that. They just won't let it go. They just won't. <laughs> uh, it will be in a few weeks, so listen out for that. Um, until then, I've been Zancy Weber here with... Julie Eisentrager. And thank you once again to our special guest... Shane Anderson. And we'll catch you next time, everyone. Bye. Bye.
So, what should I listen to now? We are Castology. This is our podcast about podcasts. We are your castologists, Patrick Shearer, Liz Best, and Zancy Weber. Each week, we'll bring you three of the best and sometimes not so best podcasts around. We'll also do the hard work and trawl the RSS feeds to find the newest podcast that should be on your radar. And then next week, we come back and tell you what we thought of the recommendations and bring three new sparkling podcasts to check out. Now, will we always agree with each other's picks? Probably not. But hey, you're clever. You know that's how reviews work. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any podcatcher of your choice. That's Not Kind of Productions podcast. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.